after the dust settles, you click your heels three times, you say there's no place like home, then it's time for another episode of Making Sparkles, a podcast not about making the musical Sparkle Pony Bear. Composer, producer, Twitch streamer, TC Crosser. <laughs> hey, more people are watching my Twitch lately. It's been very entertaining. So if you if you want to be bored to death with me in front of Logic and a keyboard and a, and a digital piano goofing around, it's a my username is Sparkle Pony Bear. <laughs> uh, all one word, Sparkle Pony Bear twitch.tv slash sparkleponybear. I have all my previous, because um, I'm pretty much every day on there for about an hour or so, but it's all up there. You can, even if I'm not online, you can still see the earlier stuff, but I digress. So if you were listening to our previous episode, I was a fuming little Bahama mama. Um, I kept pulling apart and getting all upset about very, very... <laughs> stressful um demo recording process um i name names i said how i feel um i I don't take anything back that i said but i've definitely i feel like it was very therapeutic to get it out there um you kind of hear the snippet um i was able to salvage some of the recording um at least just to bounce it down into a format that people could listen to. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't do anything I wanted to do with it. So really, it just kind of sounds like it's, as, as I kind of titled it on SoundCloud, it, it's just a rehearsal run through. <laughs> that's, that's all you get. Um, I actually have a Twitch episode that a lot of people found fascinating of me trying to jimmy rig to get it to work and and all the buses and parallel compression and different tidbits and things i was trying to do to pump it up and also to stereo spread it out because i didn't really have any clear-cut <clears throat> dynamics in the mic setup so i will we'll probably listen to that later in this episode maybe if i feel charitable but again i don't take anything i said back but i've definitely had a chance to cool my jets a bit and be like all right that's that that's what it is that's that um so yeah uh today i kind of wanted to talk about a weird emotional breakthrough i had with the piece the book of arius as a whole um i also want to talk about what it's like to be coming up to 36 and kind of how I interpret my own form of a midlife crisis. Um, I think that a lot of, a lot of creative types or people that are aspiring, once you hit a certain age, I think especially if you're a performing artist, um, there's a lot of, (laughs) 
<laughs> there's a lot of craziness that kind of happens emotionally. Um, you know, I, I think you go into it hoping that you're going to be financially solvent and culturally relevant. And as you hit your 30s, even if you are making money, even if you have achieved some modicum of success, you, you still, these are things that kind of you question. Um, and I'm going to be addressing both these very large, weird, obscure chunks. I know that you're kind of like, what? But it, it will make sense later, I assure you, um, because it just does. It actually, it all connects with each other. Um, but yeah, so, but before that, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and SoundCloud are all tc crosser tc c-r-o-s-s-e-r um i throw it out there because on soundcloud i have released the rehearsal run through track that i finally was able to pull together um i have a couple of other tracks that are kind of up and coming oh in Bandcamp. so i'm trying to raise money for this book of arias album that could um i didn't want to just start a kickstarter where i start like just going i'll i'll take off a piece of clothing if you give me five dollars bitch <laughs> so instead on Bandcamp, um you can actually buy kind of like a season pass so so what you do is you go to bandcamp.com slash tc crosser tc c-r-o-s-s-e-r see how easy i make it for everyone it's all tc crosser um if you go to bandcamp.com slash tc crosser um i saw it right there it's clearly marked um uh the book of arius demo basically for pay what you want i would love seven dollars but you can pay anything really you could pay 50 cents for all I care. Um, I will be releasing every single demo track that we have. So, so it'll include all of the stuff I already have, plus stuff coming up, plus other rehearsal stuff as they come. Um, snippets, especially now that I'm working on the final segment of the first act. Um, um, and it also kind of, it will keep pushing through the rest of the life because this is a 13 segment beast. I'm only focused through December on the first four segments, but I'm still writing everything else too. So, so I think it's kind of, it, it's, it's a great way to support me and support my cause and what I'm working on. And at the same time, you will continually get MP3s of all my work and, and, and what I'm doing. So again, it's like seven bucks for what could be like 27 different MP3s and all kinds of goodies. And, and I'm sure I'll throw some other stuff in there too. Cause you know, Cause, cause, cause mama loves to share, loves sharing so much. Um, yeah. And I think that's all I really have for housekeeping right now. Uh, just know that we are planning on going into an actual studio, um, in December. Actually, we start production on my birthday. So <clears throat> I think all the future episodes coming up are all going to be about me gearing up for an actual recording session. Um, it's a two-dayer, so I got one day booked with the string quartet, and then I got a second day booked just for me mixing and trying out some things. So, so future episodes will probably be more about that, and I think that'll probably be much more valuable or entertaining for, for all you folk out there. Um, for whatever reason, you guys decide or enjoy <laughs> listening to this son of a bitch. Um, and with that, okay. So I think <clears throat> the first, I'm just trying to figure out. So I think the first section we're going to kind of talk about 
um, is we're going to talk about the book of Arius. So as always, I will take a break. For you, it's split second. For me, it could be hours. Let's see what happens. Let's roll the dust, baby. And bitches got snake eyes, yo. Snake eyes. Okay, so maybe it wasn't that long for me. Just a little bit. <laughs> so some of my best work and ideas usually come like right before I'm about to go to bed. I think um, part of it's just kind of my process. Uh, which kind of drives my boyfriend Aaron crazy because I'm a night owl. It, it actually takes me a lot to fall asleep. Um, and so usually I'm up till like one in the morning in bed watching like League of Legends games and matches and getting caught up on all that fun stuff. Sometimes it's like YouTube rabbit holes about mixing and mastering and tutorial. I, I'm all over Space Time by PBS is an amazing channel if you ever get really stoned and want to learn about the cosmos. <laughs> but like spoken from like super super highly intellectual like well the quantum field theory says blah 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 anyway so i've been trying to kind of replace that with um a little bit more thoughtful meditation and what i'm kind of realizing is is in that moment where i'm just trying to kind of like just relax and kind of clear my head all of a sudden certain things kind of become present and known so this kind of just happened last night, and so I've been kind of picking up the ball and running with it. I think I kind of botched that analogy, but I'll just go with it. Anywho, <laughs> so originally the Book of Arius, when I wrote it, it was about three separate individuals from three very separate points in time, um, all sharing the same dream. And within this shared dream, all three of them were on this journey to kind of figure out like what what was going on, why were they there, and, and, and what was it that they were supposed to do. And of course, a lot of the elements I was taking were very autobiographical because, you know, write what you know. And, you know, I think writing everything about fairies and warlocks and magic, although I would be really entertained and love that, I don't think the broader audience <laughs> would care for my rendition of that. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> um, so so that that's where we were kind of at. And so it's about these three different people, three different timelines. One was like right at the beginning of the Trump era. One was right after to the end of the Trump era. And then another one way, way, way off in the future. And so I'm laying in bed and then all of a sudden it kind of dawns on me like in this kind of like it was a no shit moment. And I'm sure everyone else that's listened to this podcast went, well, no fucking well, duh. But <clears throat> I started realizing that I was burying the lead, that really what I was trying to do was just talk about myself. But instead of talking about myself, I was kind of layering all of this gobbledygook on top of it. And as I'm laying in bed and I'm really kind of thinking about this, I finally just kind of tore the band-aid off. You know, I, I stopped worrying so much about, you know, market, marketing and viability and what I was trying to say. Um, and so I immediately kind of grabbed out my phone and just started typing out these different thoughts and things I was having. 
So, so what I would like to do, because <laughs> you know, that's what everyone wants to hear is what I've written. So, so this is what I wrote, probably at about like I think at this point was like eleven forty-five in the evening, and so I figure let's start raw. Let's just do this. So, what did I write? Let me look at this. I'm old. I'm realizing these three characters, these three points in time, it's all me. <laughs> I didn't want to face it, but it is completely autobiographical. This whole cyclical time thing is just a manifestation of my worst fear. That when you die, you just go straight back to when you were born. So instead of sugarcoating it, just be honest. These memories and nightmares really happen. That I'm at the halfway point in my life. All of this is what will propel me the next 35 years. And then for me at least, it all starts over again. I'm just going to stop right there. Okay, this is not me reading. <laughs> so so part of the crux about the Book of Arius is I'm constantly kind of referring to these like crazy, crazy dark, the darkness, right? These dark e nightmares and things. Um, these actually happened to me as a kid. I think up until I was like 17, like I would have debilitating like waking nightmares where like I literally would see monsters and demons and shit while I was awake laying in bed like all the way up till I was like 17 years old um I had to sleep with a nightlight on until I was probably well into my late 20s um yeah <laughs> talk about a Barbara Walters moment Jesus Christ um so I just want to explain that um, when I'm talking about, so, so I feel like I have this belief or I'm starting to come to this realization that I've always had this very weird fluid way of looking at time that we as humans, we look at time in a very linear fashion because that's how we experience time. But time itself, linear time is just a construct. It's what we use to understand things, right? Like the only way we can really kind of think of things is in perspective of where we are at currently. So we have current and then we have past and then we have potential the future. Um, so, so I'm really kind of diving deep on my phone, basically explaining that my ultimate fear is Everyone always talks about reincarnation or going to heaven or going to hell. Like everyone always has these constructs of going somewhere other than they've already been. I kind of have gotten to a point where I really do believe that you just start over again. That your life as you know it is its own cycle. You know, from, from birth to death to birth again, it's all happening within the same time frame. So at least how you experience it, how you understand it, right? It's like a giant reset switch, but you just go back to the beginning. And if you look at time like that as an individual, you just see all these individual people kind of having these circular time spans where it's like they go to one point and then they loop back around to the other point. And that's kind of how it is. And it's not a popular idea, <laughs> I know it's kind of depressing, especially for someone like me that's had such a um, <clears throat> deeply controversial and dark past. But I also think that that's a way to motivate me. Um, and this is where we kind of get into my midlife crisis because I'm 35, I'm going on 36. And I'm like, with the way I've lived my life, I'll be lucky to hit 70, right? I think 70 for me would be kind of a good time to go. So so literally, all the craziness and all the shenanigans that I'm finally at a healthier place to write about, that that's like now. 
and and everything else pushing forward for the next 35 years old 35 <laughs> years that's all gravy so so just wanted to say that okay so now back to what i was writing so here we go and oh okay well this is a little weird so here we go the next 35 better fucking make up for all the shit i had to deal with the 35 prior did i mention it was like 11:45 at night when i was in bed okay i'll keep going um and then the opening is pretty unchanged and honest segment two is a split screen i'm starting to peel back my childhood but start with the time i called that girl a slut I layered this blanket of sympathy over it because it resonates with my issues of shame. It's like lowering me into the well, and this is just the initial descent. It gets away, it it gets way fucking dark from here on out. So just just backtracking. So so segment one was the one where all three characters kind of meet, and it's kind of like they understand that this dreamlike space, and they all kind of interact and they kind of figure things out. I think that's still the same. I think the difference is just realizing and acknowledging early on that it's just me, that that I'm looking at this from my own perspective from three separate points in time. So so that that that's still there. Like there there isn't really anything I'm going to necessarily change about that. Segment 2 <laughs> is a story about when I was in high school I think her name was Mandy Prawley, but I think it was someone else. I Maybe it was Abby Bull? I can't remember. But back in Mason City High School in choir, I was bet by this guy, Matt Jensen, who, like, he bet me, like, in order for me to crave favor with him to be his friend, because that's how desperate I was back then, um, dared me to call this girl a skank when her name was called. And... So it wasn't really slut. It was skank. And I don't know why. She was a perfectly lovely human being. She did nothing wrong. There was nothing about it. And I don't even remember if it was her name or if he just told me to say it or I don't know. But I said it. And as I said, it was at this one point where it just everything was silent. And, and so it just, oh, my God. It was, <laughs> it was such a nightmare. And it just, it really, like, I feel like, kind of using that as segment two's kind of narrative is a little absurd but it kind of like it just like as i was kind of writing out it, it sets up for the fact that my entire childhood everything that this 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 one character that represents that childhood is kind of about is about shame Shame was the motivating factor that my mother used to get me to do what she wanted me to do. Shame was what propelled me into constantly worrying about everyone else. Shame was what hindered me in a lot of ways, right? And, and or right, like you know me so well. Uh, so, so that's what I'm talking about. That okay, I will go on now. <laughs> Segment three really happened. James was my first boyfriend, and he really was a drug addict. And I had to pick him up in the middle of nowhere after he was fucked on a three-day bender. But as the song suggests, it changed me. It toughened me up. And so I'm going to kind of explain that. So so segment three, um, if you go back in time to the earlier episodes, uh, what, what it's about is originally it was supposed to be this lesbian. And it was like after the Trump era and her girlfriend had like, like, run away and she had to pick him up but all that actually happened to me it's it's a true story i was living in charleston south carolina um i had just gotten out of the navy i was in the naval nuclear power training Compa- command 
no shit you like that <laughs> that's my life um and the boyfriend i had at the time so i got out of the navy and i was like i'm gay so i could get out he stayed in but then all of a sudden somewhere along the way like he just went fucking crazy i later found out that like he joined the navy because he was a huge meth head in san diego and he was trying to clean himself up um but I digress. So, so long story short, he basically, like one day, just all of a sudden, he was always a bit of a dick. He was always very emotionally withdrawn, but he was my first boyfriend. I didn't know how that shit worked. Um, so he literally just disappeared. Didn't answer texts, didn't answer anything. He just up and disappeared. And then like three days later, I get a call from him and he's like, hey, I, I'm at the little cricket off, which is this like, grocery store all the way out in the middle of the woods where drug dealers would go he's like i'm at the little cricket out in west ashley i need you to pick me up and and of course it's a lot more complicated because because there there there's some real sadness to that um my mentor my writing mentor scott myers at the time who he was like a continuity writer for star trek um he was in the room when i got the call and he told me if you go to pick this guy up, if you pick him up after he's been on a three-day drug sex bender, I will not work with you anymore. I will no longer mentor you. You are dead to me. But because I felt shame and it was my first boyfriend and I didn't know how to handle it, I, of course, left. <laughs> but it's funny because Scott Myers as a mentor had his own fucking weird shit that was happening to begin with. But that entire point of time is a character for me because a lot of really great, like that's just the tip of the iceberg. But, but this is a real story. I, I drove out, I picked him up. We had this like huge fight. He was like covered in like, just like he hadn't showered. He was all, he had a black eye, my boyfriend at the time, like just complete mouth. It, it just, I don't even know. It, it just, yeah. So segment three, does kind of summarize that quite well. It's why a lot of people on the Twitch stream that had heard me writing it were very confused about how dark, and then all of a sudden it amps up right away. And I was like, well, that that's what happened. You know, it was James being this drug-addled mess and being insanely emotionally abusive that kind of woke me up. It, it toughened me up. Also turned me into a drug addict myself but that's a whole other story for another time <laughs> but i digress i'll move on what else did i write okay so then it goes segment four is incredibly hard to write no shit <laughs> because it's supposed to be the future or is it maybe it's present tense because i have no clue what the future holds i've stopped daydreaming and self-aggrandizing so not sure what i would change just yet and then I go dot, 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 because I've actually had time to think. It's kind of like when you're waiting for someone to respond and you see the three dots. Okay, anyway, <laughs> then I go, it's about sobriety. It's about the first time I went to L.A. sober, the reverberations of how crazy the time was before and how oddly I didn't miss it. So, <clears throat> yeah, so th this is so. So my explanation is that um, there was a previous trip. I had to LA prior to going sober that I knew I was so going to sober up 
So I kind of treated it like my bon voyage party. And it, it was just indescribably intense. It, it was just all kinds of crazy. Um, not not after sober, but before sober. Like crazy, drunk, druggy, um, party Tyler. Uh, <laughs> I want to save that story for for like the next episode because it is insane like i i definitely outdid myself um but i want to kind of save it for later on because i want to be able to kind of really break apart segment four i'm just now starting to try to kind of crack the surface and write it so so i don't have a whole lot to share just yet but just bear with me and trust me that episode will definitely be a doozy and I'll have to be like, Aaron, you don't want to know about this point in my time. Just don't listen to this. I don't think he listens to any of these e- anyway. And that's kind of all I wrote. Um, And then I kind of broke out like visual effects stuff just because. And so it was like, my childhood is constructed using the Magic of Voxel program. Magic of Voxel is a 3D animation. It's a 3D render uh, computer program that basically it's like building worlds that like that look like Minecraft, only much more detailed. Um, very, it's very cool, but you know it's a visual thing. And then let's see here. My 20s are constructed out of actual 2D pop-up storybook effects, like I did with the Poor Elise trailer. So, it's like if you go to youtube.com slash tccrosser, you'll see a trailer called Poor Elise. It's a trailer for a project that never got off the ground that I did, um, where Becky Holmes, this artist, kind of like just drew these storyboards, um, just 2D storyboards, and then I cut them out like pop-up storybook things and animated them. Um, so, so that's what I'm kind of referencing there about my twenties. And then, and then I was like, and the present I suppose is more conventional CGI with straight up blender, or perhaps it's something else entirely. And and that's all I wrote. Um, and as far as what I mean about the present tense, the present tense being more like there, more aware, right? More, more visual, like there's not a lot of effect to it. It's more, it's present. Um, because that's how we kind of view time, right? Like we always look at time from the perspective of where we are. So, so where we are presently should probably not be so filtered or, or kind of like, you know, as I said earlier, self-aggrandizing, right? Because it's just supposed to be more raw, um, more visceral maybe is the right word. Um, and so that, yeah. (laughs) So, so that little turd blossom popped out of my head. And I think that, um, <clears throat> yeah, I think stories started coming out. I think that being willing to just make this autobiographical and just be willing to tell my stories um, is just so much easier and, and so much more helpful. Um, it's also because it's like, I've lived a pretty colorful and full life. <laughs> like, like, it's like sometimes I forget. It's like, oh, that's right. I grew up in rural Iowa. Um, I went to the Naval Nuclear Power Training Command in Goose Creek, South Carolina. Um, I was a drug addict. I was a drug dealer. Um, At one point, I moved to San Diego with two duffel bags and was homeless for like two months. Like, 
I wrote entire musicals in San Diego just to have enough money to buy booze. Like, I got stories. So if I have a project that allows me to kind of write these narratives out, even though it's an instrumental piece, I think you catch my drift, yo. So so that's where I'm at with that. That That's what's kind of happening there. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to share that because it's my fucking podcast and I'll say whatever I want. <laughs> Be damned to hell, all of you. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's all I have for that segment. I'm going to as naturally as breathing air take a break. And so, yeah. Ha! Huh. And I breathed. I, I breathed. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, sorry. <clears throat> it's always fun to do these podcasts because usually my, my trusty dog, Mitch, who you see all over my Twitter and my Instagram, he's usually right next to me or on my lap. But whenever I'm doing the podcast, he can't stand the sound of my voice so he immediately just runs away very annoyed with me <clears throat> i'm sure my boyfriend feels the same way about me so let's think um so there comes this point and i think that this this does correlate with the book of arius about time and about how you kind of look at yourself when you're in your mid thirties. I can't speak for like a performing artist because that's a level of hell. I just would never put myself through, (laughs) but, but I do feel like, you know, I'm 35. And and as I said earlier at 35, probably going to live to be about 70 if I'm lucky. Um, I mean, Mama did a lot of drugs and a lot of drinking back in the day, so I don't know. And I've got like a couple of teeth that I probably need to have pulled, but I refuse to see the dentist, so I don't know if that'll kill me earlier or not. I don't know. There's any number of things. I, I like to jaywalk, so I'm sure I'm going to get hit by a car. So so let's just say 70, but, you know, let's be honest. It'll probably be much earlier than that. Um, but it is kind of funny like, I guess going through, like, I guess a midlife crisis is kind of this very broad sweeping term that people kind of associate with uh, with buying penis cars and, like, dumping their lover of many years for a younger little piece of ass or <laughs> something like that. I, I don't think of it that way. I, I don't. Um, I still like the term midlife crisis because there's an immediacy to it. But, but I kind of look at, at least for myself, it's just kind of like a jolt of cold, cold water. Um, it's kind of like, you know, when, when you're an infant, you're an infant, you can't even fucking talk. Um, and then when you're an adolescent, when you're a kid, it's like your parents are controlling everything because you don't know how to run your life. Things are kind of like uh, structured a certain way. For me, I think the big problem was it wasn't really there was a lot of structure going on there was a lot of abuse going on instead you know what i mean okay uh so but you know like i i had a pretty rough time growing up as a kid and then i think i overshot and compensated for that by being an insane crazy punk kid in my 20s 
now I'm at 35 and it's kind of like I'm at a ha- it, it is very weird to step back and realize that all of that is the same amount of time that's going to occur moving forward. And I feel like there's that point in a lot of people's lives where you just stop. You just stop where you're at and you just kind of think about it because you're like, I'm not going to relive any of that, but I have just an equal amount of time ahead of me. And what am I going to do with that? Holy fucking shit. Instinctively, I just want to watch bad TV and eat junk food and do nothing. Like, I don't even want to go on vacations. Like, like the boyfriend's got me going to this wedding on Friday back on the West Coast, and I don't even want to go to that. I'm like, I, I, I just I can't. I can't be bothered. I just want to relax. It's like, I want to stay at home. I want to write my music stuff. I want to do my podcast. I want to play my video games. And, and, and that's it. Maybe maybe catch some League of Legends matches from the comfort of my home. It's like like I don't even go to see shows anymore as much as I used to. Like like I'm a very sedentary human being and I'm okay with that. Um <clears throat> but you wake up a little bit cuz you know at 35 you're like, "Well, I don't want to spend the next 35 years doing nothing." And and I think it's it's pretty much impossible to do nothing but you know so it just it puts this very unique kind of timestamp. but when you add the immediacy of being in the creative arts um it puts a little bit of pressure because it's like am i relevant will i continue to make money off this how am i going to make money moving forward off of this and this isn't a part where i all of a sudden have an answer <laughs> So, so sorry if you wasted 33 minutes waiting for me to tell you how to make money because I don't know, but I think the big thing to take away is to not look at it as this big scary beast, but instead embrace it. Clearly, you somehow made it this far, right? Like somehow, clearly I survived even though, like, I was the friend in, I was the guy in my group of friends where, like, they all kind of assumed I'd be dead at 35. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, they literally all, like, like I had my, my one buddy, Kevin Lowe, like, he was like, when you die, you need to donate your body to medical science because I don't even know how you're still standing. <laughs> like, this was kind of a common thread when I was in my 20s. Uh... Uh, and and er, early 30s <laughs> um so so i look at it now and it's just it's it is exciting to think that well i'm not going to do anything to kill myself like i did back then but at the same time now i have all this breathing room where i can kind of push forward for forth and prosper maybe not prosper i'll probably be pretty lazy um, I think for me anyway, my art is better now than it was back then. Like I think back then everything was about making money, about being relevant, about being known. And I was always in this like constant state of like chaos and just craziness. And I think from an emotional standpoint, some of my work I was really proud of and I thought was great. But I think now I'm kind of at a point where I take my time. Like, <laughs> like like i would have had segment four written like two months ago <laughs> i'm 
I haven't even written it yet. I'm still just scratching the surface and writing ideas down. I think I think being at 75 and getting older, like, it's a benefit because it's like, oh, I can take my time. Like, I can chill the fuck out. That's actually quite nice. So, <clears throat> sorry that this didn't really turn into anything really fruitful about a midlife crisis, but more like, don't look at it as, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, <laughs> don't look at it as the glass half empty. Look at it as the glass half full because you have an entire extra 35 years to go. I mean, maybe a little bit less, <laughs> but you know, I mean, now, now is the point where you can start to, to worry about that stuff. I don't know where this is fucking going, but we're at like 36 minutes. So, so I'm going to take a break and then we're going to, we're going to close out this bad boy. Cause that, that just, that went nowhere. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep it cause I'm lazy, but yeah, I, I yeah, I completely fucked that one up. My bad. <laughs> and with that, I'm going to call it a day. Uh, I hope you found this interesting. I, I hope something was gleaned from it. If not, well, then that's on you. That's not on me. All right, kiddos. Well, as always, you can find me on Twitch Monday through Friday from like, you, about noon eastern standard time for like an hour or so um got a little f crew that like to show up um sometimes i help people out with their own digital audio workstation setup sometimes we talk about music and other times we just all just look at my dog on the bed <laughs> but but that's a uh, twitch.tv slash sparkle pony bear um, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook, uh, and on Bandcamp, where I'm doing my fundraiser for my album. All uh, is my username, T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. -S -S I look forward to hearing from all of you, and until next time, uh, I bid you adieu.